Welcome to another episode of Hitbox Heroes. I am one of your hosts, Dave. And I am the other one of your hosts, Zach. There it is. Zach, we got a big one today. This is a... Yeah. We, I mean, we are, here we are doing yeah. everything we can. Pretending. You know? We're Pretending. Superman. We're yeah, Superman. but we have a... <laughs> if you click on the episode, you saw from the title, we have a huge interview. Uh, we have the director of the documentary Pretending I'm a Superman, Ludwig Gurr, is uh, joining us in our virtual studio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll be bringing him on in a second, but uh, it's just, if you haven't checked out the documentary Pretending I'm a Superman, pause the episode right now. We say it again later, but yeah. pause the episode. It's so and good. And check it out. It is so good. It's uh, You can stream it pretty much and I think like Amazon, pretty much yeah, everywhere. I, iTunes. I, I got it on Amazon and it was, yeah. I mean, it, it's so very, good. yeah, it's available everywhere. So yeah, yeah, check it out. And then, uh, yeah. And I guess without further ado, let's dive here's into our it. Interview. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see what you did there, Dave. See? I like that. Well, Dr. Seuss. All right, everybody, you heard the intro. You know who we're here with. You know what we're talking about. Uh, Ludwig, it's, it's so good to have you on, man. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So I, I kind of want to just dive in here. Um, first of all, as you guys also heard in the intro, uh, you know, we this brand new documentary just came out, Pretending I'm a Superman. It's incredible, first of all. So yes. uh, go watch it. And uh, I just was curious, you know, so... Tony Hawk has uh, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series rather has such a unique and rich history behind it and a lot of it I didn't even know until I watched the doc which was really cool so um, I was just curious for you um, like kind of what, what sparked your interest in wanting to make that documentary and like dive into uh, to the Tony Hawk franchise well you know I'd, I'd always been a huge Tony Hawk Pro Skater fan like those were probably the first videos I got and the ones that I became obsessed with the most of my life, you know, I'd spent so much of my high school years playing those games by, you know, I mean, there wasn't a single almost day where I didn't play the Tony Hawkins growing up. So yeah. I actually had a YouTube channel back in the day where I would cover the Tony Asper skater really? games. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was known as Ice Bridge Forever. I don't know if anybody watched Tony Hawk videos, like maybe around 2011, 2014, I think they saw that channel because that was when the games were pretty much dead. Like, you know, they yeah. tried with Tony Hawk's Kid HD. That wasn't that successful. Then it did five. wasn't that successful either. But kind of in between those, I made those YouTube videos. And that caught the attention of uh, one of the producers that never saw for Zamato. And he's the producer oh, wow, yeah. of the film, you know. Yeah. So, and we kind of started our friendship there. Because I, I made an amateur documentary about Tony Hawk Skater on a channel, which mm -hmm. is still up to this day. And that video he saw, and he really appreciated, like, the attention to detail and reached out. We yeah. kind of became friends. He really wanted to work with, like, he really wanted to get involved in the film industry. Because, you know, he produced the first eight Tony Hawk games and some other games. And, you know, I, at that time, I was really getting into filmmaking, too. It was sort of like my, the like, yeah, probably my last year of high school. So then, you know, it was kind of a perfect match. You know, he didn't want to produce a documentary about Tony Hawkins. I definitely wanted to, you know, direct something like that. I kind of always yeah. wanted to do it at a professional level. But sure. I never had the resources because I didn't know Tony and stuff like that. But he knew everybody. So, right. you know, that's kind of, <laughs> he kind of made that possible, you know. And that was kind of how wow. it all came together, you know. Yeah. Wow. You said that uh, it was one of your first games that you remember playing. Like, what got you into gaming in the first place? Did you do you have any like siblings or like was it a friends group or something that maybe like pulled you into that world? 
Well, I, you know, I grew up in the kind of late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, at that time, you know, video games were just everywhere. I mean, especially, you know, with, I think, the PlayStation 2 and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. my first console was PlayStation 1, but I do. Sure. And I got the GameCube as well. And I think yeah, my cousins... Yeah, GameCube. Play, yeah, yeah that, that's actually where I played Tony Hawk the most. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, my cousins, actually, they, ha- they had a lot of video games. And I, you know, I really wanted to get that. And I guess, you know... I guess they kind of convinced my parents that, you know, they should allow me to play mm-hmm. video games. So I think the next day my dad went That's out awesome. and got a GameCube with Zelda Wind awesome. Waker and oh. Super Mario Sunshine, a game I definitely oh, yeah. regret like trading for something else. I don't know what I traded him <laughs> for, but yeah. Great, Man. great starters though. Yeah. Those are awesome. Like, yeah. Keep, yeah, good sure. eye. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that we love talking about on this show is kind of like the, uh, the fun little bits of trivia that come along with games. Like, uh, back with our old podcast, you know, we had talked about how, uh, you know, sort of in the, in the development stages of the Tony Hawk pro skater games, uh, it was Bruce Willis, you know, with a gun strapped to his back as the character model. Um, so like, yeah little bits of trivia like that, that I think are so interesting. So during this process of, you know, making this documentary, which is super in depth, uh, what was some of the favorite things that you learned about, uh, just the Tony Hawk franchise in general? Uh, and especially, I guess we should shout it out because at the time this releases the new Tony Hawk remake will have come out. So like those first couple games, especially yeah, one and uh, two. Yeah. was there anything that sort of like caught your eye or like just trivia that you thought was really cool? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I knew so much about Tony Hawkins beforehand because I obsessed with him so much and I was part of so many forums that, right. you know, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to sound like I didn't learn anything. I learned a lot of new things, but it was mainly from a scary perspective. And that's what I really liked about it. You know, I had no idea how involved Jamie Thomas were in the first game and Chad Musk as well. I, yeah. I had absolutely no idea. I guess one of my favorite trivias actually could be that for the first game, um, they actually couldn't, you know, originally in the intro, they wanted like Tony landing the 900 instead mm-hmm. of him doing that loop from the birdhouse, the end video. But yeah. next games, ESPN actually wouldn't allow that. So the only part really? of like the 900 video that they got for the Tony Hawk game is like from some random dude with like a handicam who was like really? on the side of bird. It's like a completely different angle of the 900. <laughs> and that's all they got for Tony Hawk's pro video in Tony Hawk 1. So why weren't that, they able to wild. use that? Was it just like a like a copyright issue because of where it took I, place? I with ESPN because at that time I think they were like trying to sell it exclusively they, they were doing some filming IMAX at that time I remember I think okay. it's called like the X Extreme X something like that mm-hmm. and I guess they really wanted like that footage should just be there and I, I guess they really wanted to take advantage of everyone who wanted the footage at that time too wow because you know obviously fair use wasn't established at all right games and stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah I that's can not imagine to, and- Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, there's got to be a lot of licensing issues in general, like that they like hurdles that they would have to overcome because you're using people's likenesses, you're using brands of, you know, these different skateboards. And I just, I feel like that would just be like a, almost a nightmare for them to have to traverse and try to figure out. Yeah. You know, I think that's actually one of the main reasons they were never like able to re-release the original Tony Hawk Prescare games, just as right. like remasters, because, you know, I mean, on all the, you know, levels, whatever school, hangar, you know, you have all these like, you know, zero skateboards on the wall. You have right. like yeah. Yeah, all these fit, all these logos on the levels that you'd have to like replace. And I think that I think that was one of me recently couldn't do anything like for a long time because, you know, they did re-release Tony Hawk 2 on iPhone in 2010 without the original soundtrack. But they actually had to work a tremendous amount to make that happen. They had yeah. to get all the skaters to sign new release forms and stuff like that. That's so, yeah. crazy. Yeah. 
Um, well, I was thinking just that kind of just made me wonder about it. Tony Hawk's Underground, which was one of my fa- I loved under Underground one and two. Those were fun games. But like that, it was all about kind of like merchandise. You made your own logo and stuff. But there was a crap ton of stuff on the like in the store scenes or something. There was logo after logo. And yeah, they really like went branding heavy, which I guess, you know, of course, makes sense. Why not? You know, sell the product. Absolutely. If, especially with those games. And I was going to ask, did you ever get into skateboarding at all for it. I know <laughs> me and my friends attempted it and I had, my I did, friends were I tried good. but Ludwig, did you ever like get, try to actually like do real skateboarding? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not, I am actually a skateboarder. Obviously, I'm not Excellent. very good at it anymore, but you know, I, yeah, and so I was, pro skater was totally my introduction to skateboarding. Really? And that's, For it, sure. it was absolutely the first thing that got me into skateboarding that made me so cool. you know, start watching skateboarding videos that made me yeah. pick up a skateboard. Obviously, my first skateboard was like some $10 thing my parents got at sure. whatever Walmart it was. Yeah. Sweden, <laughs> that but like now, but now, you know, it kind of evolved from there. And I, you know, I, I just love that art form. It's definitely one of my biggest passions of life still. You know, wow. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like one of those, you know, what, you know, usually I have those baseball nuts and football. I'm kind of, I was skateboarding. Like I try yeah. to read all the magazines, try to keep up all the videos. I don't really keep up as much with the competitions though, but because right. that's not really what I kind of felt like I grew up with, mm-hmm. with, with skateboarding. But yeah, I mean, that's cool too, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. I, I, I remember I tried to learn how to skateboard and like I... I would go into the garage because I could never really master the ollie. And so I'd go into my parents' garage with like my helmet, my elbow pads, my <laughs> knee pads, yeah. and I would hold on to this chair that we had in the garage and I put the skateboard on carpet so I wouldn't like slip. And I lived yeah. hours out there and I couldn't, I still can't, like, I haven't tried in I was no you know, good. Yeah. 12, 12, 13 <laughs> it's years. Hard, man. It's, it's hard, tough. Man. I mean, everything needs like a thousand attempts, you know, and yeah. it's like, it's not like, you know, you do think it's kind of like a unique experience because you see everybody else doing it so successfully, but then you even get right. to people like Steve Caballero being like, oh man, whenever I learn a new trick, you know, it's like six months nonstop practice. Right. And it's like, holy shit, you know, Steve uh, yeah. Caballero, <laughs> yeah, the greatest of all time. Yeah. All they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah probably. What so was, yo, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. I was going to ask like when you, uh, all these all, meeting all these skateboarders, these professional, you know, like legends that we've been playing as and like seeing yeah. since we were kids, you know, like was was it kind of surprising, like how much the door was opened? You said that you had one of the producers from Neversoft. So that's like you, uh, the best foot in the door you could yeah. have. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, also, I mean, he was the guy who like worked with the talent directly. So <laughs> and after Neversoft, too, he went on to work for Tony Hawk, Inc. So, you know, oh, okay. not only kept in touch with like the skaters from the game, he worked for the skateboarding industry after that. Right. So he was, you know, I mean, he's the guy who made a product possible at all because of his professionalism and like commitment and people knew about him. So that's why we were able to get other skaters in the film, you know, like Aaron Joss, Moki, Elliot Sloan, like, you mm-hmm. know, newer pro skaters. And also we had yeah. Tony as well but you know it was awesome man i mean pretty much all of them agreed from the get-go i mean the the the, the hard part was definitely the schedules that's why we weren't able sure. to feature several of the skaters in the film that we really wanted to but you know that there's schedule conflicts stuff like that right but it was awesome and i you know it was i mean i don't want to say it was the easy part like i said but it definitely was one of the easier parts getting all the skaters for sure yeah. that's awesome well it's cool too to think like how and i know this is like more than touched on it's like discussed in depth in your documentary but i think it's so cool you know for the for the listeners of our podcast who are gamers to just look at the influence that tony hawk's pro skater had on gaming in general i mean there were there were some skating games before there were some games that tried to make it happen before but tony hawk's pro skater was really the first game that made it fun and made it uh sort of 
acquirable like you could you could pick up a controller even because i was when i was younger i was not good at video games and you know i could still pick up the controller and at least do an ollie and like just explore the level a little bit and it sort of encouraged you as you got better at the game to uh to try harder tricks and to you know to see how far you could reach with with your new skills and uh, i just think that was a really cool mechanic that was introduced where it wasn't all about just your skill level out of the gate. It was about building that skill level up. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. And I think, too, like, when you can kind of see something, like, you know, in a video game, you can kind of, you think that you can do it in real life as well. And I think that's what inspired so many people to, you know, try skateboarding after and play the game. Obviously, you know, a lot of people have bad stories about falling, you know, a lot, like, on the skateboard when they first (laughs) tried, you know, but... But yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, eventually what, you know, evolved skateboarding in such massive ways that it has now, you know, where, right. I mean, where it is today. I mean, I mean, 20 years ago that, that, you know, it was unimaginable what kids would be doing today. Like if you look at pro yeah. videos from the 90s, I mean, now you can go on Instagram and see some random kid with like no followers on Instagram and he's doing the same stuff, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. I feel like a lot of that's, you know, it's due largely in part to Tony Hawk's pro skater because oh yeah I mean there were a lot of tricks and correct me if I'm wrong but there were, weren't there a lot of tricks that were in the game that did not exist at the time like they were just yeah. made for the game and then they became real tricks well kind of I mean you know obviously there were some obscure tricks like um I mean there's a lot of videos on YouTube like people actually trying those tricks like you know uh I can't really mention any right now that I would remember okay there's definitely a couple here and there but then yeah. you know eventually you know you see people now. I, I saw a guy in this, I think the moment that kind of changed everything for me was when I saw a guy on Instagram doing a Christ air backflip in real life. I think that changed for me. I think that changed for me because that's what I would be doing like in the game. And that would be like yeah. one of the tougher tricks to right. pull off. Yeah, no kidding, give me a tougher trick. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a special. I remember it was, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a special. Yeah, that, that was special. I think, I can't remember which skater because that's, oh, you know, man. a trick that was invented by Christian Ozoi. So I can't remember mm-hmm. who had, I think it was Rune Glyphberg. Rune Glyphberg, yes. Yeah, Rune Yeah, the Chrysler, yeah, because he's very I loved, yeah. Who was your, so who did you love playing as in like those first few games? Because eventually you were able to customize and make your own skater, which I always did. But like, who would you, who was your favorite pro? I would always play as Tony Hogg or Ronnie Mullen or Steve Camillaro in the later. And then in Underground 2, I would actually play a lot as as Wee Man because it was kind of hilarious. He was really, really short, and all the other skaters were so tall. They kind of gave like, a. So it, it was almost skater kind of gave a contrast, you know. To, to yeah. The other so you yeah. were still like super involved when it got even to Underground Two. You know, no, normally we talk about like individual entries on here, yeah. but like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is such a like you have to talk about it as a franchise because they're yeah. all so intertwined. But like that was Tony Hawk's uh, Underground Two. That was sort of after the uh quote-unquote decline right like that's after yeah. it started to fall back off no i i, I played every single one okay. and like yeah. when at, when they came out too um so yeah i, I mean tony hawk's underground you know like they were saying it's it's absolutely one of my favorites if not my favorite tony hawk game mm-hmm. i know it's kind of like talked in the documentary as a downfall which you know in a way it is because that's kind of the time where you know the first tony hawking saw massive sales the second saw massive sales and influence too you know, from there on, it was kind of about just establishing it and keeping it sure, afloat because sure, every yeah. year, you know, the sales would decline. And eventually, yeah. you know, Tony Hawk's proving ground happened. And that's, you know, when it kind of pulled the plug. That, that's the one with like the peripheral skateboard, right? 
No, that's the one. That's the last one I never softed. And okay. that was the same year they did the first skate game. You know, EA did oh, the first yeah, skate game. Right. So Which they were really? kind of competing. And yeah. then, you know, skate, I think it sold maybe like six times more than like a Tony Hawk yeah. game. And that was pretty shocking, you know, at the time. There were, there were I mean, there's a lot of theories why the Tony Hawk is declining sales. What are most, I don't know how much you guys know of the later Tony Hawkins, like for the PlayStation 3 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But one of the main reasons I think people mention is that, or actually a guy I know called, I can't remember his name right now, Trevor is his real name, but he had a username Tony Hawk and he wrote a, right. he wrote a book on Tony Hawk for Skater. Oh, wow. And he, and he said essentially that for the late, like when the PlayStation 3 was launched, you know, it, it wasn't like available to everyone. And there were like last gen versions of the Tony Hawk games at that time, and mm-hmm. they would sell more like than the next gen versions. Right. So, and you know, those versions wouldn't be as you know well designed as the next gen versions, and it would kind of be like not lazy ports, but you know, kind of low sure. budget ports of yeah, those yeah. games. And yeah. you know, they'd be selling the most. So that was kind of like one of the reasons people lost interest because they'd be playing a game that had like no involvement whatsoever. Right. It was sort of a downgrade, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I guess this is, I mean, I, this is somewhat related to the Tony Hawk game, but I have to know, like as a, as a yeah. big fan of Tony Hawk, as a big fan of the franchise, uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Tony Hawk himself in the documentary in any interview I've seen him in, he seems like the coolest freaking dude. Like he seems like the nicest guy on earth. Like what was your experience with him? Was he like, was he like, uh, you know, happy to be working on this documentary and like, you know, taking part in these games and everything. Yeah. Yeah. He's super happy. I mean, he's a cool dude. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously when I first met him, I was just, I was more a fan. I mean, but he's right. so humble and cool that instantly I kind of felt like we were friends. So, you know, we had That's cool. since we do keep in touch every now and then. And he's a Excellent. super awesome guy. And, you know, from the beginning, you know, he was all, I mean, you know, no, none of the games were paid for a document or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Tony Hawk was very involved in like the kind of early stage. I mean, he, you know, he'd do a lot of injuries for us. He'd even skate for us occasionally. Oh, wow. We'd wow. film it. You know, not a lot of that footage actually made it to the final cut because there, there was a lot of other footage that we could use that, just, sure. you know, was kind of better, more cinematic. But mm. it, yeah, and I mean, even towards the other documentary, he even gave, you know, consulting and stuff like that. So, wow. you know, we, we were really struggling to find a good ending for the film, like how to kind of wrap things up. Mm-hmm. But he actually helped us get some more interviews and uh, and some additional shooting days, stuff like that, so we wow. could finish it off cool. really well. So it was, I mean, he's super cool, super humble, super nice, and I think I think you know it, it's it's just I'm really happy that he's the most popular skater in the world because I don't yeah. think anybody else could be you know, could take that responsibility like right. he does, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's cool to hear. Cause like, you, you know, sometimes you hear about celebrities or professional athletes that are like not humble at all. And they're just yeah. you know, kind of jerks. Right but to their head. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you could, you could tell that in the interviews too, though, um, which again, if you guys are listening to this podcast episode and you have not gone and watched the documentary yet, pause Do the it. episode here, go watch the flipping documentary. It, you trust you, you will be thanking us afterwards. So, it's so uh, good. yeah. So, uh, but you can just tell during those interviews that he's, he just loves what he does. And I think that's what makes all the difference is like, you know, like you said, you're a big fan of skateboarding because of those games. And I think that that's the same with a lot of people who enjoy skateboarding or enjoy watching skateboarding is it's because, you know, it came out of these games and it's because the people who were involved in making the games loved skateboarding and, and still do. And I think that that's just such a huge part of, 
I guess developing a successful game in any genre is you have to love what you're doing. You have to love what you're producing. Cause you can tell when you get like an, you know, an iPhone game that comes out, that's just shovelware and yeah. it's, you know, it's crap yeah. and nobody wants to play it. Um, versus you get this, you know, masterpiece of a game, Tony Hawk that comes out. So, yeah. uh, you know, I know we're, we're running uh, a little bit low on time here, but I, I had one more question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, have you played the demo and have you pre-ordered the new Tony Hawk game? Uh, yes, to both. I mean, it's brilliant. The new Tony Hawk game is so it's good. So and like, like you guys said, by the time this podcast is out, the, the, you know, the game is going to be out too. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't doubt that the game is going to be completely masterful. Obviously, you know, the, the people behind the game, Vicarious Visions, they made, you know, the, the Game Boy ports for, you know, Tony Hawk's mm-hmm. 2, Tony Hawk 2, 3, 4, all the way up to Prune Ground to the Nintendo DS. So they know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, even if you look at Metacritic, you know, Tony Hawk 2 is known for being the number two best rated game of all time on there. You know, just behind Is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it actually is. a wow. 98, I think, out of 100. I mean, it's even, wow. I mean, I think the third one is Red Dead Redemption 2. So that's a something yeah. you know, about how timeless it is but yeah. then at like number 25 maybe there's tony hawk 2 on the game by advance right so that's a song and that was developed by the same guys that are now doing tony hawk 1 2 yeah okay and i think you know i you know i i don't know if you guys played a demo but i think it's just so awesome it's I mean, so much guys, fun yeah <laughs> it's so much fun and i mean it's just played so well and it's so funny too that they're paying so much tribute to like the original tony hawk games with you know mm-hmm. they released a demo of the warehouse yeah on this yeah. disc and it's, you know, with four songs, I think, and they have four songs mm-hmm. in the demo right now. And yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, it, it plays so well. And I love, too, that even for, like, the hardcore fans, um, they have, you know, the whole, uh, you can actually turn up, because I, I know a few people that don't like any games after Tony Hawk 1. That's just crazy yeah. for me. But I think, you know, the manual, that ruined everything or whatever. That's just <laughs> crazy. crazy. The manual did it. Yeah. I guess we can talk about it from a competitive standpoint where, like, That's, a manual yeah. could could kind of allow you it, there wasn't as much skill involved they think i totally understand what they're saying but it's I, a I combo yeah. it's just a combo it ruin yeah. It. Yeah. It just yeah. All about the manual. <laughs> yeah well like so for this game they have the option that you can play the tony hawk one setting so you can't do manual oh, okay okay or reverge right. or anything and tony hawk 2 tony hawk 3 and even tony hawk 4 so if you have on tony hawk 3 you can't do spine transfers for example oh okay so, I think I'm, they really made that aspect of satisfying every single yeah. thing there is. Yeah. yeah. I'm really glad that they, I was worried that um, I was like, okay, it's going to be just strictly mechanics from one and two. I'm like, okay, I'll get manuals or something. But then yeah. I was, I could do spine transfers. That's I was cool. uh, re- yeah. reverts. Yeah. Everything. I was like, yes, yeah. thank God. Yeah. They even got like the wall plan from Tony Hawk's underground. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's such a great, I mean, I yeah. can't play the game without it. It's such yeah. a great, <laughs> you know, to combine the combos. And it looks you know. beautiful. Oh my gosh. It oh, looks yeah. so good. And I love it too. Like, you know, you, you look at, the original couple games and you know if you fall if you wipe out whatever it's just yeah. like a flame a frame flash and yeah. you're back up and now they kind of do this like cool computer glitchy like yeah you know, and i was like oh that's neat it's like you're kind of like, like in the matrix yeah, yeah. I'd love to, yeah i'd love to think that they got that idea from i don't know if you've seen the poster for our film but it kind of has tony being glitchy and stuff uh, like that I, you know i bet I, they did i bet they did because your, yeah. your documentary think, yeah. is making some some buzz right now man i mean it's it's all over like i i don't know if i'm just seeing more of it because i'm like looking for it but like I feel like it's everywhere right now, dude. It's oh, huge. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, it's obviously pretty big when it comes out. You know, now there's now, you know, obviously now there's been a bit of a pause with the whole thing. I'm not kidding. You know, ask many tweets or whatever. I, I do take care of some of the social media accounts as well. So mm-hmm. I do look at that. But, you know, it's I mean, you know, I see people doing crazy stuff. I mean, there's 
there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of good work coming in it. And now with the release of, you know, 20 half one and two, hopefully, you know, it's going to come back up again and maybe reach yeah. number one on iTunes this time. Dude, around. I hope so, so man. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also, do I, can, I do yeah. have to, uh, yeah. I have to, I have to blame you for something though. I have had Uh-oh. that song, Pretending I'm a yeah. Superman, stuck in my head for like six days now. Like, oh, that's awesome. Goldfinger. Yeah, they, I don't they always know. had such great soundtracks. I mean, that's like yeah. one of the things, you know, you play yeah. classic games like Grand Theft Auto Vice City is like known as like one of the best soundtracks, but like always Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawk is like, yeah. there's yeah. always like four or five jams that I love. And then yeah. you f- hear other music you're like, I really dig this too. I've never heard that. Yeah. It's such yeah. a great introduction. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I love that they do you know, pick so many like, you know, for the first game, they only pretty much had rock and punk songs, but they were also mm-hmm. good. And they had like Dead Kennedys, but they also had like yeah. Goldfinger, you know, Goldfinger totally got right. like a breakthrough through that game. Oh, yeah. And then for the second game, you know, it's kind of funny. I saw one of those lists a few days ago where they would rank the most important songs. And they had, in the second game, they had Anthrax and Public Enemy bring yeah. the noise. Yeah. And that was kind of like before, you know, the whole new metal thing became big, you know, which yeah. kind of featured both rap and, you know, metal. So it was kind of like in that way. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, huge. seeing that influence Limp Bizkit is a huge exaggeration. But yeah. maybe, you know, who knows? I th- hey, I, mean, was, I love but, that, Jim. Yeah. Oh, no, Dave, go ahead. I was just saying, like, I, I, know, think, I, I think that it probably did influence them to an extent i mean i feel like if if you have that type of a claim from such a huge community like that's got to do something for you sure oh yeah yeah but um yeah thank you so much again for like coming on for the interview we know you're you got a busy schedule is there anything uh any uh, social media you want to plug? Any handles we can put up on our profile? Uh, where yeah, can they t- find you on tell Instagram? Tell the lovely people. Like <laughs> yeah, let's go at Teach Beats Film, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You know, we got it all covered right there. You can find info about our film. TeachPeaceFilm.com is where you can yes. find streaming links if you're in the awesome. U.S. It's current. The film is currently out in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, and France. So, and awesome. some more territory soon. So, don't worry about it, folks. Yeah, so yeah, cool. just keep patience. You know, we get a lot. Most of our questions is it's going to be released here and there and there and there. And right. you know, we're going to announce whenever it happens. Right. So don't worry. You, you won't miss a thing. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you coming yeah. on and being on our show. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. It was awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast, Hitbox Heroes. I don't know if we even said Hitbox Heroes at the beginning, but that's who we are. Uh, we might not have, yeah. We might not have. That's okay. But you guys, we're so grateful for you uh, popping in, listening to this episode. And a big shout out to Ludwig Gurr for uh, for being on this episode. The director, yeah, such a cool guy. Yeah, the director of the um, Pretending I'm a Superman, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater documentary. Um, mm-hmm. Such a cool guy. Such a cool uh, concept for a documentary. True um, nostalgia bomb. And it like, really is. Yeah. And I mean, it's perfect timing too for with the new game coming out. Uh, yeah. With one I and mean, two, I, honestly, I could sit here for like hours and just discuss this. Yeah. Um, and, and, and honestly, we're going to have more Tony Hawk episodes. We really wanted to uh, to record this one for you guys now because, you know, these new games are launching and uh, this new documentary is so, so good. And, uh, you know, we wanted to sort of make sure that we hit those points while they're fresh in everyone's minds. But, um, yeah, we just, I I still can't get over how good that documentary was. And, and especially for like, for (laughs) for people like us that are, you know, huge into video games and like the trivia and the history, it was just cool to see like sort of the influence that it had. And I mean, we, you know, I, I was, I really wanted to like, uh, to pick his brain a little bit on, you know, the, the process of the documentary and all that, but like. I, I I wanted to spend more time just talking about trivia and like all the, all those little things like, 
you know, yeah. and we'll talk about it on the next Tony Hawk episode, but there really was like they, the original character model wasn't Tony Hawk. It was Bruce Willis was with Bruce a gun Willis. strapped to his back. Like, yeah. Look into it. It's real wild. Yeah. Because they had, <laughs> they were developing one game and then it turned into another game. And it was like Bruce Probably Willis was the main character or something. It was, I forget the name of it. It wasn't, it wasn't Die Hard. It was, um, I forget Lib what it was. Soft. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I like that, Dave. <laughs> I don't either. There's, there's but, uh, a lot of avenues that goes down. Yeah, there, there's just like, but there was a lot of cool trivia that went along with the with the game series, and uh, it's watching the documentary, especially, really highlighted some of those. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, it's great. So check it out. Yeah, that's pretending I'm a Superman. Uh, yep. Anywhere on any streaming service, you can yeah. check it out. Amazon, iTunes, all that good stuff. Yeah. I Amazon. I Amazon. <laughs> iTunes on. Um, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Dave of Wonders. And you can find me on Instagram at the Zach Rogers. But most importantly, you can find us on Instagram at Hitbox Heroes. Yes. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Hitbox Heroes. We haven't tweeted yet, but we're, you know, we will. By the time this is out, I, we might have. Twitter's yeah. scary. It's a swap. Twitter scares me, man. It's, it is a swap. It really is. Uh, we it. have a YouTube <laughs> channel. We're going to have a Twitch channel very soon, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to yell at us or give us suggestions, it is hitboxheroes at gmail.com if you yes. want to drop us an email. Um, and uh, I think I think that's about it, Dave. You got anything else for the, for the lovely it. people? I think we're in a good spot. I'm going to go play the Tony Hawk demo again. Uh, I honestly yeah. think I'm going to as well. I got I to gotta do the dishes first because, you know, like yep, adulthood. But, uh, but anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, be sure to share it, rate it, subscribe, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. Yep, and we will catch you later. See ya.